Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here. And uh, with us today, of course, since we're talking Malifaux, we got my good friend and partner, Monsignor Dixon. And then uh, we, uh, I guess, went to the D.C. Maryland kind of area and got uh, Nathan to hop on with us as well. How are you doing, Nathan and Dixon? How are you doing? Glad to be here. I live. Dixon's alive. Dixon, we got to get a game this week, man. We haven't played in a bit. Yeah, it's true. Let me know when. I got uh, I got the, the MWS game uh, still in, in limbo. Like, I don't know who my opponent is. Oh, so, so how many games do you get in that Malifaux World Series event in totality? In this one is, in this one is four. You, if I remember correctly, you get seven days per, and it's not during the month. It's it's from the event it start to the event end, and they they set it up so it's four different weeks. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we yeah. got uh, we got Dixon and Nathan on to talk about Lucius. Uh, we have had a Lucius one episode before. But I feel like it's almost kind of like Seamus where in this gaining grounds, Lucius just feels pretty good right now. I know, Nathan, you I mean, I think I think Maeve had to kind of keep you straight on it. But <laughs> I think you're, yes. you've stayed a lot with the uh, Lucius drain. Yeah, so I started in GG4. I, I was thinking about trying to go heavy Sonya. And I did a couple games of it. And Jeremy and Jim whipped me so bad that I just <laughs> couldn't do it. And so I moved over to Lucius, who's always been my favorite master, and just I really jamming games with Lucius too, and played mostly the same list for about between practice games and Captain Count about twenty games, yeah. and he ran and definitely fit the GG really well. Yeah, and you and I were take, talking about this, Nathan, and I want to get kind of your uh, your opinion on this too, uh, too, where it's like. I I was kind of surprised at Captain Con in the Booty and Plunder event, right? Because I actually, after the second round, because I played the same list, I just played, you know, Molly, and the the core of it was, you know, Molly, two Kruligans, and Archie, and then just throwing in there the Dead Rider, a Valedictorian, and Sloth. And I just slammed that same list down because it was just running really well. So... The more I kind of think about it, the more I'm like, you know, when you find a good generalist list like that, just how you can just keep running it and just, you know, you're going to win. Once you get good with a solid list like that, you could probably win most of your games without changing a thing. That's, it, you can just say the strongest thing in Malifaux is the player. Like you can tier players now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think both those things are true, but I think there's something else at play. I think especially for tournaments, a lot of your tournament, um, your TOs 
they don't randomize their pools. They are, they're going to do bespoke pools. They're going to go through and try to make sure that they're balanced, yeah. trying to make sure that, that the pools are too much one thing or another. And while that's good, because I think if you randomize, you can end up with some really crazy yeah. pools that really emphasize one thing in GG4. But that does mean that your generalist crews are that can do one can usually do all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good point, too. So if you just build like a solid list that, you know, can can take all of that, you really can, you know, take advantage of that situation. Um, because I do feel like most TOs don't want to do like 100 percent scheming or 100 percent fighting. They put a good balance of it, which is, I think, yeah. really good. Yeah. I call those TOs cowards. <laughs> Dixon's like, no, nah, let's just fight. <laughs> yeah because like, no 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 that's not true you you see me make uh, I know, I know. The, yeah the 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 only time that i did exactly what you're describing was for this tournament that you made mm -hmm. and that was specifically because i wanted to do an experiment yeah but before we get into the uh, lovely lucius talk make sure that you guys are checking us out you can do that on uh twitter you can see the discords usually popping off a lot of different topics and things going on there uh, we also have the YouTube channel. And if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire. And then we also have an affiliation link at give us your money. Please thank you dash weird.com slash ragequitwire. Any sports great. We uh, we love uh, cranking out content for you. And I've got a pretty good cadence going now with the mix of Guild Ball slash Malifaux. We're still doing about three to four Malifaux uh, podcasts a month because that's not going to change. And then I've also been throwing in at least one monthly Guild Ball uh, podcast. So if you're interested in Guild Ball, uh, we are starting to put out monthly content for that as well. And if it keeps growing and people get back into the game, you know, that's that'll be cool to see that happen. But um, Dixon, a lot of Guild Ball happening in Puerto Rico. <laughs> the only miniature game that people play here is 40k it's so sad it's so sad i had to send dixon the meme of the white scars player being sad because they couldn't deploy in the uh in the opponent's Man, backfield i send that to the to the discord don't try to take credit <laughs> well no i didn't send it to the discord somebody posted it actually in the guild ball discord and oh okay it wasn't you and no, i was just it. like dixon is this you <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it was it's it's just it it is a relic of gaming history yeah um if if you haven't i don't know if you ever heard of that story before have you yeah yeah, yeah i mean it, it's a classic because i think anyone that ever played 40k yeah. if they didn't play that list played against that player yep yeah, the, so we it's the power it. gamer that it's like, oh, this is a broken rule in the game, and there's always going to be a handful of people that try that broken yeah. thing. Win, win a game without ever rolling a die roll? That's, I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Lucius 2 uh, specifically. We might mention Lucius 1 here and there as we kind of just casually go through the conversation. Uh, but... I think when I look at Lucius too, there's a couple of reasons why I like him in this gaining grounds and you two being very good Lucius players can kind of, you know, can chime in wherever, but Lucius just seems really good to me. One, because his crew draws a lot of cards. So uh, I'll be interested to hear your, your thoughts on it, Nathan, because when I was playing against you in the team tournament, you just, you had your reps in such a way where you knew that, okay, I'm going to interact, attack my own model. That's going to cause me to do an action, draw a card. And, you know, you, you filter your hand really well and you draw a bunch of cards. So that's the, the one thing. 
also it's a pretty pretty hard to get a bead on Lucius because he has you know um, the hidden passage or secret passage and you know so he's going to be where he wants. He's stat seven on the attack. I think he has inflexible morality, so you got to like. Um, I think you got to pitch a card to hit him on a straight or something like that. Uh, also, he puts out conditions, m- mostly staggered. He has a stat seven with some crit strike built in there and a positive if you have like staggered on you. Uh, he puts out a free scheme marker at the beginning of the turn. So just a lo- lot of really great things happening in this gaining grounds where you want mobility, you want schemes, and you want to be able to you know get rid of a problematic model when you need to. So... I just want to clarify too. That scheme marker that he drops also gives him a suit. So yeah, it, that's it kind of guarantees a crit, <laughs> or something else he needs, or his crew needs. Oh, yeah, I that's need a big no... part of my unpack card engine. Actually, is that is yeah. that scheme marker? Yeah, and also I find it really interesting that he has like a better lure on his on his card, mm-hmm. where it's like he's like, yeah, come down this path, my friend Shank, and you know he can. And the thing that I find kind of absurd about it is he can do the attack, so he can bring you out of cover or bring you out of concealment or what, because it ignores concealment for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then just you know he can shank you or a friend can shank you, and it just it seems really good when you see it happen. It's good, but it's card expensive, it so you have to be careful with it. Like this, Lucius one is. A little card expensive, but he builds he builds his own cards back. This one doesn't, and he's very card expensive, which was a big part of my build. Like he'll get you one card, sometimes two, but he wants your severes, yeah, bad, and that and he wants a seven or higher, usually of crows for the secret passage. So he's the of the two, he's definitely the the card hungry one, and. You need your, the rest of your crew to not need those high cards because he's going to use them. I mean, I just find it funny that you're saying that he's card hungry when you still draw like between three and four cards per turn. And you consider that still card hungry. I just like, what? <laughs> so, because you, you almost, because he's a two, three, five, you want that severe on the damage. You want that trigger, preferably not spending stones for it. And you often want to leave. So that's going to be, a, that's just a lot. And no one's going to let him hit on a straight if they could help it. Like you'll hopefully be hitting with focus, but they're not going to let you hit for straight unless you're cheating in 12, 13. So you need to build your crew to do that. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I, okay, so I agree with you that he uses a lot of cards. That is true. Yeah. But, uh, I just love the comment that he's card hungry when he's still one of the masters that draws three to four cards. As a Pandora player, she's super card hungry, but she draws like maybe one card. Oh yeah, for sure. That's why part why he's good. Like <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say Absolutely. also it when I was playing against him, it's also one of those things where you almost have to just kind of be like, okay, he's gonna come into something and probably kill it. I need to try to make him use as much as many of his good cards as I can and then just try to weather the storm. And if they find more good cards, you're kind of in trouble. So yeah. <laughs> turn and, one and, and two can be pretty dicey. The uh, activation control has been very big. I want to say lately, like it's been good always throughout the game, but uh, ever since like Yoko 2, people in Jin and, you know, Fraud Shaman and stuff like that. 
uh, people have been trying to figure out ways to increase or decrease their activation control, blah, 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 right? But Lucius 2, his activation control, as meme as it sounds, it's murder. He goes in, <laughs> kills a model, and dips out. It's like, all right, I'm out. It's like, oh, I, I went up in an activation and I killed a totem or I killed a support model. You play him differently than me because I don't usually tend to activate him until close to the end of the turn. So I'm not getting that activation control with him. That was one of the things I think back in my, the both of my losses were against either were against things that could generate pass tokens. That was a real problem for me. Well, Pete it lately forced that out of me because uh, he played Molly for <laughs> a, a huge chunk of our games. In mm -hmm. Molly, she gets uh, to reactivate models. So, Dude, therefore, I had to like develop there, different strategies. There is nothing like being the Molly player and having three activations, and those activations are like Archie, Ryder, and Valedictorian. And it's like, cool, this is your last activation, right? All right, let's see what you do. And then if you go in too deep, you just get pounded by those three models. <laughs> yeah, Th that's scary. I, I'm glad I didn't run into that. Um, but... Yeah. But that, that's a huge reason why uh, the whole shenanigan that I was talking about. It's just like, oh, yeah. I have to kill a model. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking at it, Nathan, you did pretty well at Captain Con. I mean, you finished 3-1-1. One, and one. And did you play Lucius mm -hmm. in all those rounds? Yep. Played Lucius both for all five of those and all three of the uh, content creators. And did you run generally the same list or did you change it up a bit? The exact same list the whole time. So, no so what's, the, what's wow. that list that you ran? So that's got... Lucius has got a line coat. We've got Alan and Klaus as our henchmen. Uh, we've got a watcher, a lawyer, the steward, the false witness, and a changeling. Hmm. And then the totem described. That's nine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so it's a very mobile crew. It's got a lot of defensive tech. It's kind of... Do you generally try to keep a bunch of the crew together? Because I know when you and I played, it seemed like your your gang kind of generally hung out together and Lucius was the one that would extend out to kind of deal with threats. Lucius will extend out. And then once the Watcher's done his job on turn one, he'll extend out and sometimes the Changeling. But yeah, I've got Klaus, Scribe, and Alan. And usually the lawyer... <laughs> such a bubble of just nonsense, man. It's just... <laughs> Can you kind of describe, so Dixon and I know what that feels like to set that up and me as a player playing against it, how miserable it can be. I mean, what kind of auras does your opponent have to deal with going into things like, you know, Klaus, Allen, and uh, whatever the, the third stupid, the scribe, uh, what kind of so nonsense you have to deal with? Scribe's got his discard a card to Cheetor, six inches. Yeah, it feels You want to take him out or it's miserable. Uh, you've got your, Alan's got the no bonus actions aura and born conversation. Klaus doesn't do auras himself, but does a lot of slowing and staggering things, making things miserable. Yeah. And then the false witness has the two inch exclusive interview aura, the two inch no negative on willpower duels aura. And if you use it, and I almost never do, uh, the potential for a three inch no cheat aura. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that some of the people that you played in that tournament and maybe other events as well, like, do you just see it in their eyes when they realize it was a mistake for them to jump into the middle of your crew? 
yeah, like an oh no a, look. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's a bog down of pretty. <laughs> like usually, it's the bonus action. Like they, they'll play out their whole turn, start doing it, and then say their bonus action. And as soon as I remind them, they're like, that's oh the, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's every single time because like you don't see him often. Uh, yeah. freaking oh, I love Alan Reed. I love him. Well, you you are a very small minority. Sure. Even I don't play him as much. I play him whenever I see it's like, okay, so do I need diversion? Like, literally, that's the thought that goes mm -hmm. into my head. And if I figure it out correctly, then he's huge. He's huge. But, like, some games, I don't need him. And at least in my opinion. I um, was really low on him. Um, I actually put him in this list for... After hearing, I think Legislative talked to you all in your guild episode, mm. and he had talked him up. And I had been thinking about him, and part of the thing was I realized I could really make him draw a lot of cards turn one and then still move him up eight, which was plenty, or move him up seven, which was plenty. And that was really my turning point on him, that I can get three cards out of him turn one 90% of the time. Yeah. He's also one of those models that's surprisingly hard to kill with a lit line code. Like yeah, I didn't even let, didn't even code him. Yep. I, I left him free, and I, yeah, he died sometimes, but he was my MVP. Oh wow, he ruined people's games consistently. Yeah. That's his job. That's like so yeah. weird. Uh, I just haven't actually like whenever I, I I like I said it's like I pick him whenever I think that's like okay I think Alan Reed is good here, and he just does ma just masterfully. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's better in this GG. Because people need actions to do their schemes. Yeah. So, like, if they're going to go after him, they, they're going to be struggling with that. And they and he's slowing them, so that's making it hard for them. And then the other thing with him is he can go to the middle because the entire crew isn't beating on him. If in GT3 the entire crew was going to beat on him, now they're not. Well, I also just feel like in, in this gaining grounds, like... Anytime you can make your opponent's actions less efficient, it's it's gonna matter because there are a lot of pools where you got to throw a ton of AP just to score. I mean, mm -hmm. because what in like cloak and dagger, I think you need what is that? You need one, then you need three, then you, I mean, you need like what nine or eleven interacts More. just to just a score yeah. just on the strat without your opponent stealing any of your stuff. So. Being able to put that out, you put out a, a good amount of staggered with this crew as well. So that slows them down from getting into position. So, yeah, I think Alan Reed is just really solid in this. Plus, now you have, and I'd like to hear you guys' opinion on the changeling because I feel like the changeling, uh, it wasn't a nerf. It was just a change. I think it's no, really it was good. A it was a massive nerf. Let's be honest here. I agree it was a nerf. But it was, I think it's still, okay, it's still, still good, useful. It's a massive nerf. Oh yeah, he's useful, but yeah, yeah. It's you can't say. Oh, it's like oh, it's, it was not a. It's like come on now. What they have? Buyers, 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 buyers. Oh, that was pretty good. In Lucius one or in Lucius in Lucius two before the change, he could secret passage. Yeah, that seems good. It's a four stone mile secret <laughs> passage around. Um, I'm not saying he's not good now, and there's a lot I was able to use him for in this. Like he's more a. He's probably generally more useful, but in terms of the like Power. top end, I use him for. I prefer the old one. That's, but I that's fair. One hundred percent. It's a small. It's a smaller. Yeah, 
the uh the i don't i don't like him i'm i'm actually i'm not a hater on him it's just that i don't actually i haven't found a value on the changeling uh because i learned that uh the girl the girl from grim she's not a mimic for some ungodly reason yeah and that was it that was what killed it in in any of my list i was like but this is the reason why i bring it i bring the changeling so he can hang out with her and now you can't because she doesn't have mimic yeah, that came up and I was playing in a Crow League tournament this weekend that came up in one of our games. My opponent was running Lucius. Yeah. I feel like if you... I was just going to say, I feel like if you were playing a new player who was playing Lucius, I feel like you're a lot like uh, Ron Swanson at, uh, you know, Ace Hardware or something where you're just mm. like, I know more than you about this. <laughs> we have, so this is a guy that goes to my club. We I know him pretty well. We had done a practice round either Tuesday or Thursday where I was basically teaching him the crew. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, okay, now, no, don't do it like that. Do it like this because you'll draw a card. Oh, do this. Oh, good. You have disciples that you're training to run Lucius nonsense. That makes me feel good. Yeah, exactly. That actually, is a huge help. But then I... this game, and the, the, this, I'll, I'll say I don't have, I have no chill once the game starts. I am. I'm going to learn today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna learn a day and you know no. I, I think that's important to know with even if you're running it in red i mean we did the lucius episode and when i had james on we actually called the the list was called blunt the knives because he was talking about using lucius in the uh starter box to really kind of nerf it uh, an alpha attack that kind of comes into mm-hmm. lucius and i feel like you can do that maybe not to the extent because you don't have all of the nonsense but uh, you you can still neuter your opponent pretty good with this crew. Yeah, I mean, I in my game with Landon, he went in hard on me with Huggy and um, McCabe too, and I managed McCabe too pretty well. Yeah, and put down Huggy like it was McCabe was being managed by all those auras and slows and staggers and stuff. It was. Honestly, I expected them just to just melt, and they, it went pretty well. Yeah, I mean, that you was only, a very close game. Yeah, you only lost it by a point. Yeah, like that—that that was impressive. Knowing, like, the, double the, master. The <laughs> he yeah. has—he has whipped me on several occasions, so it felt good to get close. Um, I really felt like I blew it at the end, but that's what a good player does to you, too. You know, like yep. you—if you don't play it just right, they're going to get you. Also, can we talk about this cancerous game between you and Nick, where you're playing <laughs> you're playing Lucius, and also he's playing Nelly? Like that has to be the worst game ever. Misery. <laughs> what I really noticed about Nick in that game: two things. Number one, he's always a great opponent, but every time I thought I had him in just a no-win situation. <laughs> he was so good at like creatively getting out of it yeah. that like it was really impressive. It was a fun game. And I really thought I was, there were a couple times where I was like, I'm in a masterful position here. And then he'd be like, you know what? He triple walked with Nelly on me. And I was like, you triple oh, walked with Nelly? Spe- the Dixon special. The Dixon special. Yeah. He's, he's got, I get stuck in patterns in play sometimes, and he's really good at avoiding that. It was really, well, really awesome. That's why Captain Khan and other events like that where you get different metas is so interesting because you your meta can get used to playing a certain way where it's like, oh, you know, this is the correct play or that's the correct play. And then, then you get somebody like Dixon or Nick or myself who just plays something sideways, and you're just like, 
Uh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that, but cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a big wait. What's going on here? <laughs> One of my first tournament experiences of M3E was driving to the NCGT, and I and that Craig threw, and I played against Jesse there, who I don't think plays Malfo anymore, but he also plays Gil. And I took it was again it was a Nelly Lucius cancer off um, pre titles, but he used Lucius in a way I had never thought of, and it, that was so cool to see. Things like like copying the obey and then stoning for the suit was something I never did in my Lucius play, and he really he 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 gave me a little lesson that day. Like he <laughs> he would be pretty good. Yeah, him and Brandon Lynch both uh, hired into me pretty hard. Brandon, man, that talk about a person who plays a little sideways. I've I played a lot against Brandon Lynch, and he, he's just he's a pretty solid gamer, and he always finishes in the top part of of a tournament. And he just plays a little different, and it's nothing you can put your finger on. He just has these moments where it's like, oh well, I'm going to try to do this, and I think this will this will be fun. And then he does something, he's like. Well, that wasn't fun at all because now I'm losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I think like the my favorite moment of of that was like he's playing Le- Nelly against me, and all of a sudden, both Bad Juju and uh, Hinamatsu are slow, stunned, and distracted, and I'm just like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> yeah, and getting back to Lucius, though, I mean. You say Klaus, or not Klaus, you say um, that Alan, Alan Reed is kind of an MVP. I feel like Klaus does a bunch of work, though, that people don't expect if they haven't played against him. Because there's nothing like, mm-hmm. there's nothing amazing on his card. So can you kind of walk us through why Pete hates Klaus so much? Because there's a lot of reasons there, I think. Shut up, Dixon. You know he's a pain. <laughs> uh, so being able... His one, the one ability that um, makes him be treated as a friendly for a bunch of stuff is very hard to mentally plan for because there's so many, there will yeah. be things in your card that just don't work at all, and that rarely happens. So you, so you end up not being able to deal with them the way you usually would. Then, on top of that, making someone discard a card really just sets a tone for a lot of the other stuff Lucius does, and the um, ability to pull a major a high card into your hand sets up lucius's killing because you get that 13 of rams yes that that's a that's a kill card there yeah. and there's not much to be done about it and he can do it consistently yeah and i feel like also he puts out slow and keep in mind sharp wit's something that could just happen with nelly pulling a model out into klaus's range but also, he has incessant questioning, which once again puts out staggered, pings you for some damage. But I, there's been a lot of times Dixon's done that to me where I've just taken three or four damage. And mm-hmm. then also just like, hey, we're going to make you discard more cards. So that's fun as well. So after after Klaus's activation, you could easily have like two or three cards missing from your hand. I think there are times when it's worth it to cheat that bonus just to make them likely discard a second card at so they cheat up over you they discard for betrayal and then they yeah. <laughs> discard another one and that's just it's incredibly painful yeah. um being able to take advantage of the false witnesses aura though on that um incessant questioning so you're attacking them out of neg yeah. is really nice yeah and i was gonna say 
I think the it's kind of one of those annoying things where Dixon just will look at my hand and be like, how many cards do you have left? Oh, you only have one left? Well, let's activate Klaus. Yep. <laughs> Don't know yep. what you're saving that for, but it's gone. It yeah. is out of here. It, and then you know that's just a three damage bonus action. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there's... There's a thing that I notice about Klaus is like he can be easily misplayed. Uh, I think I one of the main reasons why I lost the this last game in the in the tournament was because of that. Because I think I misplayed Klaus pretty bad. And the same thing happened when I played against um, Beard. Uh, we played, and I had no idea what to do with Klaus when I was playing against Brewmaster because I got shocked and on. I don't know if you heard about that game, but uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Beard no, did really good, yeah. Did you feel you were mispositioned with Klaus? What was the in in those two games? I'd say that I did, and then I wasted an entire turn with Klaus. Like wasted. Mm -hmm. I got the card that I needed out of the discard pile, but I I dirtle with him exactly. So yeah. So you do kind of want him in the right spot. If he and if he's not there, then you're gonna waste a future yes. turn. Because the but thing yeah, is, like, you want most game, most models, basically, where the spot where they are is, like, super important, right? So that's not that's not new. We're not talking about something mm -hmm. like... But, but with Klaus, it's like, you can easily waste everything about him. And it's an yeah. eight-point model. You usually there, don't want to so waste much good, Yeah, there's so much good text on him that when you learn to leverage it, it, it becomes a little oppressive, but... You can easily yeah. waste it if he's out of position. Yeah, he's very easily. You can very easily waste Klaus. That's that's mm -hmm. I guess yeah, my point. I agree. I struggled with him at first. I'll say I think this is another one where I think the GG liking Sharp Wit was a big change for him. Um, but I wasted him a lot at the start, and I think I only started getting good use out of him when I came back to Lucius too. Now speaking of Sharp Wit, <laughs> so pocket full of personalities. Mm -hmm. This doesn't come up every game, but there's some games where I feel like he can steal a nasty trigger onto a model that he's just going into. And the one that I always go back to where it's like it was just so ridiculous is I was playing Sandeep and Dixon comes into my crew and hits my wind golem to get the pouncing strike trigger. And then he jumps into another model and gives that other model slow. And it was just so much nonsense that... I just had to take Bonasuva and just toss him 10 inches into the deployment zone because I was like, this can't keep happening. Just go away. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. I have only once, I think, gotten a good enemy trigger out of it. Yeah. And that was the, I think Neil Henry may have had a stun. Oh, he nice. had an electroshock trigger yes. Yes. or a stun. And I, so I stunned Neil Henry. That was pretty nice. Um, what I use it for more often, though, is I'll attack my watcher, get coordinated strike to let my lawyer attack the watcher, and then I'm getting the card for the lawyer attacking the watcher. Yeah, I, that was the thing on turn one that I was kind of like, and and you know I was talking to Trevor after that team tournament because I was telling him because I was just like, man, I, it was really cool to watch Nathan run that because if it was Trevor playing you, Nathan, he would have not known anything you were doing just because you were rattling through it and be like, I'm going to do this and coordinate attack. I'm going to do that. I get slow there, but then I get to draw a card and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to remove that and do this. And, you know, even me knowing what's going on, I was just like, yep, that's a bunch of Lucius nonsense and you know what you're doing. So I'm going to let you do it. 
<laughs> it's hard with clocks, I'll say. Like, I got really used to both doing it and rattling off what I was doing because I didn't want to burn clock on it. And I had nine models and a lot of dirtle. Yeah, that's why I didn't so even I ask was, you what you were like, because I could have slowed it down and been like, okay, wait, what's yeah. this trigger on that? But I was just like, yeah, he's got it. He I, Clearly, Nathan knows what he's doing there. And I know mostly, like, I was keeping up with most of it, but there are a couple of triggers where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to grant it that that's actually a thing. I'm not even going to worry about it. <laughs> Get your, I was, get your yeah, I, that's, I guess, an, a potential issue with it, especially with clocks. Well, I was, dude, playing Sand Deep, it's the same way. Like when you have a complex crew that has a lot of interactions within itself, you really have to kind of like, when I played against a couple people, I stopped to explain it briefly, but you know, if they didn't stop me, I'm just rattling through it. Like, okay, now this mantra is going to trigger, this is going to happen. That mantra is going to trigger, boop, boop, boop. And you just got to get your reps so you can just crank through it. And I never clocked. I don't know how you did unclock, but I never clocked a Sandy. I clocked one game and it was one where I think I forgot to flip it over a couple of times. Well, um, I did have to remind you like five times to clock it over in our game, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not good about it. I will say I'm not good about that for sure. I, you, were, I even, you were very good about reminding me. I, I even had to remind that. you of your scheme a couple of times. Like, hey, don't forget your free scheme. <laughs> yeah, it's... Were we the third game of the day or were we the second? Because I was already brain dead. We were the second. Ah, okay. Yeah, after Sam had really put me through my paces game one and I was a little brain dead already. Yeah, Sam will do that, man. He's a tough opponent. He's he's legit. All right, so we got Klaus. Um, I mean, the other stuff's pretty, I think, pretty normal kind of Lucius stuff. False witness just seems good for stuff like uh, ensnare and all this other crap that you just put ski markers out and score. Yeah, I this is again just like Klaus. I hadn't really gotten him rolling until this list, um, partially because you have those things like ensnare, like the one where you're just piling up markers. Even espionage, getting out some early markers is great, but. The, the thing that I really noticed with him is being able to throw out that adversary means you can make things like your surge triggers, your um, obeys with the lawyer a lot more likely. So it gives you kind of another option on that as well. Um, I still probably, probably the piece that I'm most comfortable taking out of the list, if anything, comes out. But that but it got me in snare a bunch of times. So I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're generally just solid. Like, in this GG where you want ski markers down, I mean, false claims just really good. Yeah. I did I think want... the, the MVPs of the ensnare has been, have been uh, hustlers. But, yeah. like, false witnesses... Like, like I said, when we were doing the errata stuff and, and the GG4 stuff, uh, false claim going up in stock is actually going to make those models be picked. And... and yeah. yeah, think about before. Before you didn't see any false witnesses, so now seeing them yeah. every now and then, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good for the game. I was gonna say because I do want your opinion on this, Nathan. Yeah, what do you think of this white eyes model? Um, <laughs> so I run white eyes in Lucius One sometimes. I have some lists that run white eyes. I don't hate him. I. I truly believe that the canceling cheats and then using terrorize with I've got your back yeah. is where he's really going to shine or where it's really going to shine, but I have not made that work yet. 
Um, I have a list with a couple gunners and Lucius too, because the gunners can generate additional general actions, which are going to generate that pulse. Yeah. Um, but it's more jank than good, I think. Yeah, I, I've seen Dixon try it a couple times. I wasn't too impressed with it. <laughs> Leadline coat goes a long way on him. Well, but... I mean, you know, it's amazing how much just putting a coat on somebody just makes him a little bit better. Yeah, oh, no. and that coat's in high demand in that crew, so I don't, yes. I don't know. Why would you put it on him? Alan Reed is right there. Like, why <laughs> would you put it on I told you, Alan doesn't need it. He's fine. No, no, but you get my point. It's like, if I'm going to put it on... Okay, I personally love Kavatica in Guild. Okay. Yeah, he. I actually get a lot of value out of him. Uh, unfortunately, I need to play... I need to play him at, a, a, like, the tournament level more. Because I have had some people kill him. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, I know for a fact that he's, like, super hard to kill. And yeah. he's cheap. And he gives you cards and blah, 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 right? So that's my pick instead of picking White Eyes. I don't know about you, but it's been working so far. I don't hate... I use him kind of when I need a more durable scheme runner. And But I don't like it because unless Lucius is jumping out there, I don't have someone to creep along towards usually. Mm, um, okay. I like him... I like him into Ivan as anti-summon tech. You pick all your stuff that you think he's gonna that doesn't have stealth, and you and you make them so that they can't have concealment anymore. And then all of a sudden, he has trouble getting his suits. Yeah. Gifts. Yes, I like that, but it's still it's not it's kind of janky. Um, but I will say, going back to White Eyes for one second, the trick I like is the Guild Mage and an Investigator in White Eyes. And you need to get some more heals on white eyes. You got interrogate right there. Throw interrogate on white eyes. He has to discard a card. You get the heal. Hmm. Interesting. Got to pull up the other half of this crap. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's that's an incredibly expensive combo. Just saying. No, it is. It is. I mean, <laughs> that's twenty. There's what, a reason that points? the list that I did play Captain Con got played, not this other stuff. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, so it's just like, like have have been have there been people that had get value out of white eyes? Absolutely, especially when you can like uh, spasm or rack every turn because you can get coordinated attacks, you can give him obey, blah 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 blah. And I get it, I get it. He's he he can be good. It's just he's not as val. I, I don't think he he creates as much value as other models. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. Um... Again, it's going to be very. I think it's very dependent on your opponent too. I think you see min three. Min three, he's a lot worse than in the min two. Um, I think things that can really splash, like there's a trick Landon uses to do red joker punches with um, uh, Jacob two. For because you know you use the rig to put the red joker back as the third card. Yeah. Or second card, so you're doing that on the damage. That's real painful for him. But like, otherwise, he just does. He can be a lot to take down. Um, messed with Domidors with him. I've tried a couple of things, and um, it's mostly jank. But it's it's definitely fun for. Eventually, something that feels like jank will end up being really good, and that's where that's where I think he's going to come out. Yeah, and I I also 
Looking at another game that I think was pretty interesting in Captain Con, you actually played against uh, Karis, and it was round two, and you got a draw. Like, and that was only a three-three game. So, I guess the fire just kind of uh, caused problems for you in that one. That one was so interesting because I've never beaten um, Mycelius before. He's we've played at least one other time online. I've never beaten him. He's a really he's a good player and he plays really smart. What he did and I didn't realize quite the glass cannon slash scheme runner that Firestarter was because yeah. I haven't seen him on the table. And Firestarter MVP'd that game. Okay. Um, but he used Karis to make me stay honest with Lucius. And the burning was the burning was an issue, and the and the saboteur sat in his back line, and I didn't. And I again another model I haven't faced. Don't mind me and arson. Yeah, <laughs> was the nightmare scenario because I was trying. I was trying to do the um, drop a scheme marker in his deployment zone. And he just kept burning it up. <laughs> and and power ritual, and yeah, he was just like, no, you're not doing either of those. Good luck. And that was why I was so low. I think I got three. I think I got two strat points and a single scheme point because that that saboteur dominated my game, and I needed to send Lucius after him, but he Karis kept me back. Interesting. I've interest. I've seen these guys on the table, but I've never actually seen them do anything crazy. I would like to know that match. Which one? The, the saboteur or fire? The started? saboteur. The saboteur. Sorry. So. In this case, it was, if I had known what he does, I probably don't take the schemes I take if I had, like, taken the kind of time to read the cards. But him as a goalie just defending that corner deployment from those two schemes was... Well, I also don't think you... Utterly crippling. Because it's one of those things, right, when you're in a bigger event where you don't know how they're going to use each model. Yeah. So you, you kind of look at it and be like, okay, I mean, yeah, he can go do stuff. And then you realize what they're going to use him for. And you're like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that is not good for me. In corner, people don't often leave a model back to goalie the schemes. And that was a really savvy play by <laughs> I, him. I did that with my, in that round, I did that with my necrotic machine. I was like, he's just going to stand on this back marker and just deal with whatever comes back here. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I think that even against speed, I've only done that like two, maybe three, four times. Like out of like the dozens of games that me and P have played, uh, like the most recent one that I can remember was we, I played Tall and he played Jan Low, I think it was, and I left a model back there, and that was it. And it's just it, exactly what you're saying. It's like yeah, it's like a goalie model. That model was the stupid guy with hard to kill, whatever his name is. No, no, no. This is the one where I'm shooting you down range with um the the ballista thingy, the Huacha. It's the gremlin guy. Yeah, I know, but you also kept uh, Watson back there too. Oh, that's right. I, I, you're right. I left two models, but it was for that purpose. It was a, a goalie move. Exactly yeah. what Nathan was talking about. Yeah, pull the goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, do you find? I mean, to me, this list just kind of lends itself to being kind of a schemey list. But like I yeah. said, kind of scalpeling out problems with Lucius. Mm -hmm. Is that pretty much how it played out most of the that big event with you? Oh, absolutely. So it's doing, it's, the entire idea is in GG4, you've got 
an incredible demand on your actions more than any other GG I've ever played. So if you can kill two scheme run like two small scheme runners with Lucius and get five free scheme markers, and then your crew otherwise doesn't really kill but is a efficiency drain. Mm-hmm. Lots of slow, lots of stagger, um, ability to pick up markers, things like that. It becomes really hard to score points. Yeah. And that was really the the whole plan. Like it was I get to be enough cards that Lucius is, as you said, two turns of killing, and then he needs to go scheme. And when I didn't do well was when I didn't go scheme properly with him after two turns. Yeah, I think I think it's really, and this is why I think Lucius is really good, but I also think he's kind of tough for people to play because it, it's just his, even this version of Lucius, it's very easy to dirtle. And then with Lucius Dishonorable, it's also easy to, go after the wrong thing uh, mm-hmm. because I know there's a lot of times where when I see a Lucius two player take Lucius into something that he can't kill very easily, or if they send him to go scheme and now he's mm-hmm. kind of out of position for a turn or two and he has to use too many secret passages to get where he wants. That's really where I feel like Lucius players struggle. So do you have any kind of tips for like, I don't know, how do you try to rein yourself in from misplaying like that? I look for one-shot kills. I wanted your Gokudo way before I wanted Kinshiro, well, but Kinshiro happened to be there and needed to be done. I, dude, I was so mad when I forgot about the uh, the cleansing trigger where you mm-hmm. just ignore Because, you know, I bring Gokudo because they're hard to kill. It's like, okay, you got to spend two swings on them. And then you said the cleansing. I was like, I forgot he ignores hard to kill. I should have brought the coma I knew. Mm-hmm. And that really, I think that won you the game because, I mean. It would have been a big, it would have been very hard for me if you had combined it, yeah. for sure. Yeah, well, and it just, once again, this GG is about, you know, AP efficiency. And I have these very fast scheme runners that just died. Whereas if I just mm-hmm. would have, once, kind of like what you said, if I would have read the card and been like, oh, yeah, I can't bring them because Lucius 2 can just, you know, one shot them essentially. Uh, then I just be like, yeah, the Kamainu can survive a little better. Mm-hmm. And, but this is a GG that incentivizes those cheap runners. Yeah. So you, your opponents usually have them, and you can yeah. make those kills. And then if I can make you scheme, like, a little different because you had Manos and Archie, but a lot of crews, they have stuff that does not want to be scheming, uh, by, like, oh, ever. Yeah. And if I can make people scheme with those, that's <laughs> best case scenario. Yeah, Dick Dixon, in our game that we played in the team tournament, he basically, he crashed down and killed my, you know, Gokudo and killed, uh, you know, Kenshiro. And I basically had to hard swing my crew up the right flank just to kind of try to make him work for it. And oh, man. Kept, kept it close till the last turn, I think. Yeah, and it, was, no, it, was a t- it was a tough game. I did. I felt like I was losing most of the game. Yeah. Um, that swing to the side really took advantage of the fact that I don't have a ton of aggressive mobility except for Lucius. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, by triple marking both back markers, you really put some pressure on me to use a lot of actions. Yeah. He told me that he forgot, uh, how hard to kill, like the fact that Lucius ignores it with the Mm -hmm. pro trigger. And that was like the big one. Cause like he, he could have played the dogs, which would have given him a little bit of more leeway. Yeah. And it doesn't take Lucius wasting too many actions for this crew to struggle. So if you can make him waste just a couple actions, it becomes a lot harder. Well, I had to be careful too, because 
I mean, Lucius is also very good at just killing Archie. So I had to kind of keep, because you have Ruthless, your stat seven, you got decent damage uh-huh. track. And I'm just kind of like, I, I've played against Dixon before where Lucius just gets pretty close to just killing Archie in like two swings. Yes. And, and I actually have to give a shout out to the best model, in my opinion, in Guild for Lucius. Uh, the Governor's Proxy, I forget his name all the time. Scribe. Thank you. No, 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 not mm-hmm. the scribe, not the scribe. Stewart. Stewart. Oh, no, Stewart's that. in my list. That's who I forgot. I forgot the Stewart. He's in that. there because he gives me my focus. He gives double focus to Lucius before he yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is insane. Because yeah. that's, that's how you kill Archie. You, you guys that's are bringing the Stewart back, you know. It seems like he was all over the place in, like, GG0 and GG1. And people kind of forgot about him because of the stupid uh, guild, whatever you call it. The um, the mages, yeah. Yeah, the guild mage. And you kind of didn't see the steward, but now I feel like he's creeping back up into a lot of guild yeah. lists. Because the, the thing is, in you can sort of make a, a Molly's hand go away eventually. And when you do that, you do a, a focus attack on, on Archie. And because he's defense four and you're stat seven, that difference actually makes it so yeah. that you get a straight flip more often than not. Pretty bad. Yeah, I wasn't good. going into Archie because I knew that if I went into Archie with Lucius, Archie could attack Lucius back and just repeatedly heal off of the uh, flexible <laughs> morality. I have done that before. Not with Lucius because Lucius usually kills Archie. Um, I feel like a good Lucius player kind of keeps his eye on Archie, and then once they have the hand and mm-hmm. the situation, then they'll go into Archie and just kill him. So I feel like a good Lucius player doesn't go into him until he's ready to kill him. So, But, yeah, if you do mess up, I have gone into models. Like I think my favorite one was Corvus Rook. He's like, inflexible mm-hmm. morality. And I was like, cool, I'm going to pitch this to heal the damage you did and punch you, and then I'm going to do it again and punch you. It's... It's just very sad when you have a model that's like minimum damage two that relies on tricks to murder people, and those tricks are not going to work on Archie. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, Alan's so sad. Alan's garage is not taking down Archie anytime soon. Yeah. yeah, but but that was actually so. My plan to deal with Archie was Alan though. Get him up into base to base. He can't leap. <laughs> he can't leap, and he can't get past my negatives um, to hit me. So he can disengage and go get something else and then eventually leap, but that's great. That, that's build that's your ideal. own big brain brain. That's basically yeah. what that is, is yeah. build your own I was, big brain brain. I was playing Yanlo too, though, so I had some obey shenanigans to kind of keep myself out of mm-hmm. that situation. And you did it, yeah, you, and you managed to do that really well. That was that was at least my plan. It mixed success, I'd yeah, say. You yeah, timed it worked and then you, you got out. You got to remember, Nathan, I am a Bayou player at heart, so 12 cups <laughs> is always on my mind. Shenanigans are there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, you did really well with the list. So, I mean, is there any kind of struggles that you think the list has, though? Because I know some yeah. people think, you know, Lucius 2 is just really good and you can kind of just go kill things. But I think that's kind of a pit trap if you kind of fall into it. You can punch it in the face. Like, like go to a... It's honestly a GG3 Alpha crew and punch it in the face and it's going to struggle some. Yeah. Um, it doesn't like past token crews. Um, as Dixon said, you can kind of claw back with some kills to get activation control, but it's yeah. not... That's especially for my style, not my style. And into my game against Yo- Yuko or Yoko, I really thought I had control of that game 
but like the last three turns he had like four actions after I was done activating and I was really I, I'm just sitting there like chewing my nails <laughs> I can stop stuff from just doing what it wanted to do yeah um, yeah it's very hard it's like you have to find the right time to jump in mm-hmm. but the problem is when you have a crew like Yoko uh, we'll use that as an example they have the ability to just say I'm gonna hold back Hinamatsu and Bill until I really want them or or sometimes because I uh, talking to Landon this is actually a thing that happens more often than I thought uh, he mentioned uh, the demon I forget the name of the demon, but the big demon costs 10. Amanzako or whatever his name is. Amanosako. Because Amanosako can be in that crew and she gets double positives on hidden damage by using a flicker and focus. <laughs> oh, God. See? And, like, if you're playing against somebody that relies heavily on hard wound, then you're just going to start losing models. Yeah. You're just left, right, and center. Yeah. That was... I, I killed all the soft stuff, to like, early in the game. But Bill, Hinamatsu, Yoko, and then the Terracotta, because it was my take prisoner, were left. And so I couldn't kill for activation control anymore. And it was just me trying to put down Stone's scheme. I wasn't going to put, I just didn't have the muscle to put down Bill. Um, yeah, have and, you? I think you said you played into Sam. But have you played uh-huh. into like a Maw Tucket that can generate fast tokens? Is that a problem? That was his. That was his. That was his. Oh, Sam okay. was, was Maw Tucket one, um, and he did use it to go in with Ma the final turn or the final action. I got lucky turn one in that he black jokered a like hit one of his attacks. Um, so I it, honestly it was the most managed I could hope, but it was. I mean, it was one of my it was one of my two losses, and I don't think I ever felt like I was in a good spot in that game. The whole game, like he just he had control for pretty much the whole game. Mawtucket's good, folks. Play your Mawtucket. <laughs> yeah, spicy takes here at the Rage Quit Wire. Yeah, I know, right? More like <laughs> milk warm, you know, not very hot takes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like I said, past tokens. I'm kind of interested because. I've talked with a couple of people offline who think pass tokens are actually kind of a problem. I'm curious to see if you think that's the case or if uh, if there's something maybe weird can do with pass tokens or is it just kind of something we got to deal with in this world? I mean, I do because I'm a um, guild player <laughs> who so we don't really do pass tokens, so I think they're a problem. Um, I don't think there'd be as much of a problem. I think the way the that Yuko's crew is built it's a problem that it generates so many yeah and i think easily splashed models like gin are a problem like frogsham was a problem they fixed that yes i don't mind it like for ma if the whole package wasn't so crazy it, it would be fine like having it be a part of a master's package that's fine but it shouldn't be something that's easily brought in by bringing a single out keyword model that's good anyways i think that Currently, because uh, I agree with you, I think currently the only way that I can feasibly fix the pass token problem is to rein back the pass token generation a little bit. Because I think the pass token is a fantastic thing for the game. Yeah. But the fact that now, as the years have progressed, we've gotten too many models that 
can just generate uh, uh, pass tokens. Because, like, mm -hmm. let's go back to, like, GG1, when Yoko wasn't a thing. Yoko was completely, like, like basically the same. She generated a whole bunch of pass tokens if somebody said the scheme, and it wasn't a problem. But nowadays, it became a problem, so we just have to look at why. And, and to be perfectly honest, uh, we're seeing Yoko, but in reality, she is not a problem. I think the problem is Landon Sheehan, so we need to nerf him. That's real. <laughs> uh, no, no, but like jokes aside, jokes aside, uh, we use her as an example because everybody that plays at a competitive level knows that Yoko generates like a bajillion pass tokens, right? But you set a model that actually does cause some problems, which is Jin Bakura. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, or Bill. Bill's a great example of an out of keyword take that that brings in pass tokens. Who? Yeah, Bill. Bill Aldrin. Oh, Bill Aldrin. Because yeah, if, yeah, you, no, if you reveal right. a scheme or whatever, he gets like two pass tokens. Right? Is that it? He he gets mm -hmm. one. One per scheme reveal, I think. Yeah, pretty uh, silly. No, it's just one. Is it one either way? Yeah, like, it's uh, leverages. Uh, you get one scheme. Uh, you you get one pass token for every model with leverage. That's the ability. The ability is called leverage. But yeah, it can. That's I think where I see the problem is stuff like that that can be brought in out of keyword to give crews that otherwise wouldn't have it. Yeah. So weird. We need to take care of this past token problem, not the cruel again problem. So just remember that. <laughs> so I do have. I, I want to say Dixon's. Pro I agree with Dixon that past tokens are a good thing to exist. Yeah. I think as, as two E players, we saw what that was like in the pre-pass token summon era. Didn't I hear a guild yeah. players talk about like having a crap ton of guard patrol and just the amount of nonsense that the activations were with that? Okay, so I ran that into Jim at a team at a team tournament. Yeah, Jim was the one telling me about that. Yeah, I ran that into Jim. It was the first time we've ever we ever played, and like I didn't remember that we had met each other, and then I met him in three E, and we were talking. He was like, "Yeah, I've been to the Haven." I I played against this guy who played the guild guard spam. And I was like, oh my God, that was definitely me. <laughs> yeah, when they went three stones, it was it was stupid. <laughs> I don't know why. I I think I lost one. I played three games of that list of that tournament. Lost one to Jeff Man, uh, Mansker. But only that was because I didn't read Zoraida's card carefully. I think I could have handled it otherwise. Yeah, and, that, that, and that's what I'm saying. I think pass tokens for purpose. Because you could just outmodel your opponent and then just you know, activate your good stuff late. Right. So it's one of those things where pass tokens offsets of that, but there are, and I think weird is working through a lot of this stuff on how to make pass tokens a little better. You, I think we saw that with the Somer errata where, you know, if you kill, they're easy to kill models. Yeah. You get a pass token for them, but if you kill them before they activate that pass token goes away. So it, it mm -hmm. kind of creates now a new mini game with those pass tokens. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, uh, the summer change, although fantastic, uh, was to buff him. Yeah. So it wasn't like, yeah, because the thing is that he was generating pass tokens for the opponent yeah. and pass tokens were too powerful. So I don't know. I don't think that I don't think that we should change the pass token rule itself. I just want to clarify. I just want to reiterate that. Uh, I think what we said before is just they can just rein in whatever model because like uh i didn't i didn't even think about that it's right uh hinamatsu and bill when coming out of keyword are problems if you can abuse that pass token generation after a revealed scheme uh but is it like skewing the game enough that's the part that i'm, I'm kind of figuring out um 
uh, what's the name? Um, geez, Last Blossom, Misaki. Misaki can bring Jin, and I played against Bill Algren, and I inadvertently, because I couldn't score my schemes, <laughs> did not give him an extra pass token. But that that Jin, just the pass token from Jin, was actually a huge problem. Because mm-hmm. I was playing Pandora, and I, I just didn't, it didn't occur to me at the time. Yeah, it, I mean, it's great in Last Blossom, it's great in Ivan, it's great in yeah. most of... Explorers in Explor- general? Yeah, because he's Explorers, isn't he? So it's like other Explorers crews that take him, and it's just, yeah. Yeah, Pete got, um, like, tired of seeing his face when I was playing Explorers. I want more Tech Like Lucius 1. I want, if you spend a pass token, I get a card. I like that. I like that. Put a cost on it. Yeah, oh. on a versatile model, on on factions like Bayou or... Well, I think that's a good Neverboard. way to respond sure to things that you're starting to see in, in you know, your game. Like, I know, for yeah. example, uh, we played a little Commander in uh, while we were at the Booty and Plunder. And, mm-hmm. you know, something that I would argue probably is a problem or starting to become a problem in Commander specifically is those treasure tokens, right? Because you just you have a bunch of cards now that just puke out treasure tokens. Somebody got touched by by smothering tithe, and it's just like... Well, no, I'm not even saying that. Like, (laughs) There's a lot of cards now that put out just treasure tokens to the point where now people are starting to bring cards that are like, oh, when you, you know, tap an artifact, you know, you take a point of damage and stuff like this. And I think it's the same thing that we could do in Malifaux, where it's like, if pass tokens really start becoming a problem, you know, create some models where it's like, oh yeah, if you use a pass token, you know, your opponent gets to pick a model that takes like two damage or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I think if Bayou and Guild were to get a few models either change or introduce into the game that do something about that, that that'd be great. Because right now, Guild only has it on Lucius One, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, I love that idea. Both of you guys' idea. And if in, if Gil were to get something like counterintelligence, do damage whenever somebody uses a pass token, or at the end of the turn for every pass token, somebody has to take damage. You know, something like that. Because like uh, Bayou kind of has something similar with Summer, but I think yeah. one versatile or out of keyword model that has something against that that would be also great. I like the idea of it being something that you can still avoid. So you have pass tokens. You can choose to spend them. If you spend them, Lucius is getting you cards. If you save them for the initiative, you're still getting that bonus. If you're using them for leverage, you're still getting that bonus. So like having it be something that affects how they can use their markers and they can still use them both ways, but it makes like at a different cost. Yeah, I think puts different pressures on the game that are interesting. Yeah, but not not master stuck. Like it can't yeah. be on a master. I, I I would like to see it on on a model that you can pick out a keyword. Yeah, if we're gonna have more models with past tokens, and there's not a lot, but I mean, with the whole keyword dealing with it, it feels like a lot. I feel like, um, but you know, if we're gonna have it and then have it even more here and there, I think then introducing some new models that can you know, either do something about it or, you know, they can punish your opponent for it or you get a benefit off them using it. Um, I, honestly, though, playing Molly, I don't I don't hate pass tokens as much anymore because I just have pass tokens <laughs> known as Krulligans, so it feels good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you just have this model that should be like they literally. It. I just wish for that. Swap <laughs> the cost of the rabble rouser with the Kruligan, please. That way we can see some rabble rousers in the game. Maybe, maybe, yeah, probably not. I, I, exactly. well, you were unbeaten with that Molly. I mean, kind of suggests the the problem, right? Like, oh, I, actually, Nathan, we looked at stats and stuff. Molly is at like seventy percent win rate with the highest play rate. So it's not just Pete. It's disgusting. <laughs> Listen, I've talked about this before. She's just... And actually, I think Lucius 2 is a pretty decent matchup into Molly. Uh, mm. Just because... I mean, one, I like it because then Molly gets to draw a bunch of cards. But... Because <laughs> you're always going to have a grip. And yeah. then... Uh, but I also think it's a good matchup into Molly because if I overextend or get cautious with the Kruligans... I mean, you just you just kill them with Lucius, and it becomes yeah. not a problem. So I have to play more cagey in that in that respect. So it kind of creates this interesting positional game. Honestly, double leap kill Kruligan is the only first turn option with. Yes. Well, that's why that's <laughs> why you take the two damage against, Molly. You just accept it. against crews like that. I just put them in the farthest corner of my deployment zone and just be like. If you're going to come in, you're going to come in deep, and then you're going to take my, you know, beaters to the face. That mm -hmm. is, that's what we mean when we say double leap uh, oh, yeah. stab. Because that's what Lucius does. Secret passage, secret passage, murder. Molly creates that problem, like we were talking about with Archie earlier, but it's kind of true with the whole crew. That, like, usually that flexible morality is a wonderful tax, and it's part of why I'm not afraid to throw Lucius into a crowd. You know, you know I don't like... Um, I don't like Anna out of keyword, but I think against Lucius 2, I would consider it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Anna <laughs> kicks me in the teeth a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm I like shocked that he targeted Pete. actions too. What? So. How dare you say that as if it was a bad thing? It's like, oh, this Anna model. I, I don't like that's super broken. <laughs> I don't like bringing Maybe her. Maybe I'll bring her. <laughs> but I don't like bringing her a lot. It's just, I'm, start, I'm starting to get reps where I find good spots for her. Uh, I think she was way better last GG. Um, mm -hmm. This GG, yeah. when people aren't fighting in an area, sometimes she's not good. Now, yeah. Me and Maeve talked about that, that if she doesn't get a board, she really doesn't participate. Yeah. And that's a bigger problem. That's a big problem, this GG. Yeah, but I, could see, I, could, see, uh, I could see Anna babysitting Kruligans. It, it could be fun. <laughs> Anna babysitting Kruligans is actually like cancer in my opinion because like you don't need to hide them as far back yeah. if anna is literally there yeah, that's sad out. to hear yep make that me is... look up the Kruligan card oh yeah. yeah that's four points dude that's like the bigger issue that's the reason why i said swap out the co the cost oh man dude let me tell you what hold up your forces with Kruligans is pretty ridiculous because you can score oh, yeah. that on almost anything yeah. I can score that on totems. totems. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can score it on totems. <laughs> it's so dumb. Hold up forces on totems. Or a boro. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, getting, kind of wrapping this thing up though, Nathan, I did want to get your mm -hmm. opinion on, uh, not opinion, but I want to, like, if you could tell, like, people, you know, what are some things to get your practice with? What are some things to avoid with Lucius? Uh, because I feel like there are a lot of people that, that are going to kind of start giving him a go. So what are some tips and tricks that you might give for a, a Lucius 2 player specifically? So you got to get reps. That's the biggest thing. You just yeah. got to tank reps. Don't underestimate his – once he's 
eaten your hand, how fragile the rest of your crew is going to be. You have to have that card engine. That's why Alan's in the crew. Because you got to have a really nice card engine going. Because after he uses your cards, your crew gets real fragile. Um, don't be... I almost never go into Soulstone users or Masters with Lucius. Not that he can't do it, but it's just not a it's not a good use of his actions most of the time. And when I do, I regret it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think the reps thing is probably the biggest thing. I mean, it's like that with any crew, but specifically this because there's so many interactions that you got to do with your models amongst themselves to generate cards. And then you also have to get reps to figure out, okay, well, you know, how do I progress this game to score my points? How do I avoid my, you know, stop my opponent from scoring points? And that's just going to take crap ton of reps with, uh, with Lucius too and his crew. I think piloting Lucius himself is actually pretty easy because it's just leap, go Mm -hmm. kill something or go scheme, go score. Uh, The rest of the crew, I think, is where I imagine you would spend a lot of your reps trying to figure out. Knowing uh, when to throw your marker just to get points rather than somewhere to get the, the triggers yeah. is, is, I think, the other tricky part. And once you start, like, I think I messed that up in one of my losses, and it really, it really upset me because I, I could have played that better. Yeah, I, that, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna mention that, but that's actually very important because, like, the scheme marker can win you games if you just throw it into a empty space in quotations. Yeah, because yeah. like. I've scored many, many schemes just by like throwing it like 12 inches completely into a corner. And everybody's like, ah, oh, crap, he has X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I was going to mention, because there's two things, and maybe Nathan, you can, uh, you know, uh, tell me if, if this actually works for you. But uh, I have two to three models that are just giving me cards and advancing the crew without actually moving from the deployment zone. Like lawyers, like. Mm-hmm the steward because the steward is there to give out focus to my beaters usually mm-hmm. to um either lucius or to the peacekeeper or to the pale rider you know you, you get where i'm going with this right yeah uh so once you set up that in the list you need to do the reps like you were saying to get those cards like if you don't cycle through them because I, I remember with harley we we played a few games and we talked through it where Harley, as a new player, he he had to like get that flow going to like okay, I activate the lawyer, I I tools for the job so I can have a tome so that I can do the impassioned defense, draw a card because of surge, blah 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 blah. And and you you see where I'm going with this? Oh is yeah. It, is it? And I have one more point after this, but do you have anything that you would like add into that flow to make it easier? Practice your unpack. Just set it up. Run through it yourself. Yep. Yeah. Know what like, it does. Know where. Know where you gotta spend cards. Know what order you gotta do things. What you gotta look for because it's gonna take some time. Yeah, but uh, I mean, as in, like after you unpack, like because it's a thing that you have to do pretty much every turn. Yeah. No, but the unpacks the heart. The you're not having to be reactive in the unpack in the mm. same way, except for to your own hand. You do have to be reactive to your own hand in that crew and when stuffs on the top of the deck. Gotcha. But your Later turns, you're having to be reactive, so you can't practice it alone the same way, which is where the reps come in. Okay, okay. So basically, practice your turn one without an opponent first, and then after that, mm-hmm. okay, okay, I, I like. Well, that I think it is. A, I think it is very much a reactionary crew, right? Like, like you were kind of saying in your game versus Nick, there were a couple times where you thought you had him really pinned up against the wall, and he wouldn't be able to react that well out of it. But then 
he did get out of it. So then you had to react a different way to try and, you know, progress the game after that. Mm-hmm. And, this and then is, making that decision of do I react or do I keep trying to do what I'm trying to do yeah. to get my schemes is a really hard thing. And, and this is where, like, we differ. Because uh, my next point was going to be, uh, basically, as a player, is different. So you're more reactive than I am. So therefore, uh, his list is actually incredibly strong as a catcher's mid. I know because when I play with Dade is because, like, uh, I'm sorry, Alan Reed is because of that. It's like, okay, they're going to come into me. Mm-hmm. Reed is going to slow them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was going to point out is uh, basically learn how to, in, in my opinion, this is me, learn which model to kill if it's squishy enough for you to take it out and run away. Because sometimes I'll just go kill a totem. Just it's not even threatening me, but I'll kill a total before he activates and then run away just because I get to now this dictate when when the last activation happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I feel that that's a very strong tool that Lucius has. It's a tool I probably don't use enough. It is a strong tool. I absolutely agree. And it's one I probably don't use enough. Um, I do try to I pick out the models I want to try to kill with Lucius and those are my targets. Um, and they're the small, they're the totems, they're the, especially significant totems. Significant totems are high on my list to kill. Yep. Um, Number one. Honestly, though, <laughs> uh, Glass Cannon Enforcers. Also true. Absolutely. Glass Cannon Enforcers, uh, Lone Marshal, The Damned were two that I got, or not Lone Marshal, Lone Swordsman, The Damned were two I got during the events. Um, turn one that really made my opponent's job hard. I love killing the dam just because I know Dixon's like, I told you so. I told you the dam sucks. <laughs> it does suck. I don't understand why people try to defend it. It's like, well, looking at my list that I was playing, I played against Austin at the at the event twice because I played him in the team tournament and then the next day. Mm-hmm. And both games, if the damned crossed the center line, I was like, well, now I'm going to go kill it with Archie. So. <laughs> Yeah. I think you all had that episode where you talked about the hunter killer, the schemer killer yeah. models. Beater schemers. Because those are so strong, this GG, the damn's going to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally find, the- listening to this conversation, I do find it interesting, though, because I feel like, and I don't think this is like 100% for sure, but I do feel like if you play Lucius in red, meaning in guild, yeah. I feel like it does play a really good catcher's mitt kind of style. Whereas mm-hmm. if you play in purple with Neverborn, I feel like you can switch and be offensive with Neverborn easier than you can with Guild. Hmm. There are Guild lists that are not catcher's mitts. They use Lone Marshal. They use Melissa. They Pale use Rider. Peacekeeper. Yeah. Um, I, all of those not, that you said plus Pell Rider. <laughs> not my style. That's yeah. me. Okay, so you can, do it, you can do it a little bit in Guild as well. Yeah. well. The thing is that Lucius plays the same same way in both Neverborn and Guild. The difference okay. is uh, the player. And that's the reason why I says like, if you're a reactive player, if you are more like, come at me and I'll defend myself, instead of like me, where it's like, Rah! you know, <laughs> jump into the person. Uh, so I think it's more like, first, determine what type of player you are. Or if you can actually go, you know, back and forth between the two, determine if you're the, if you're the beat down as like, this is an old conversation from back in the day, yeah. determine who's the beat down. Uh, so yeah, no, listening to Nathan, it, it just makes me realize like, I, 
I basically have to practice more being the catcher's mitt just so that I can re you know react better because it's a great it's actually a great way yeah, to and, like and by catcher's continue. mitt we're just talking about like you you tentatively kind of set a line but you're not yes. overextending and you kind of wait for maybe a more aggressive player for a person to kind of finally break the line and kind of come into your models as opposed to you overextending. Yes, it's uh, in in terms of like old Roman, you know, because like a lot of people have been looking at that lately is, you know, that shield wall where you have the spikes, you are the catcher's man because you're waiting for the horde to come in. The tip you. of the spear, if you will. Yeah, so that when you're a catcher's mitt, you're waiting for the alpha, you're waiting for the line to come into you, and then you're like, okay, now, ka-chow, ka-chow. Well, I think Lucius is good at both of those, like you're saying, right. depending on your play style, and I, I think the list that you shared with us, Nathan, is very much that catcher's mitt, where it's like, you want it to stay together, and when something comes in, it's not going to be able to hit at its optimal kind of, like, um, abilities, yeah, mm -hmm. and tentatively, I, I, I don't want to say that, that Lucius is the best beater schemer master, but he's got to be out there. Him and Seamus, pretty good. Yeah, because like Misaki is coming out of the woodworks too. She's doing really good, and she's been known to be a beater schemer. So it's like, I wonder if the who's going to come out on top towards the end of the year. Yeah, we'll see. I know Seamus doesn't get keyword play. That's true. But I think his keyword could play a very similar style to what I'm playing. Oh yeah, I played against Brandon into his Seamus, and he brought almost exclusively keyword. And I, the Doxies had like Grave Spirits touch on them, so that was annoying. And you know, there <laughs> there are dandies there, you know, switching schemes into you know corpses or vice versa, whatever it does. And yeah, and it's very mobile because you know they all have like take by the hand and lures and all this other crazy crap. So, and then Seamus is just jumping around. So I think it's. It's kind of interesting how Seamus and Lucius share a lot of like similarities there where it's the like, DNA. yeah, they could be like hanging out in keyword or you could kind of go with that super friends kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, to the listeners, I just want to clarify something that Pete said that's actually very strong. Uh, the reason why I laughed when he said Grace Spirits touch on the uh, dandies and the little girls is that Scarlet Temptation is a thing. Look at the cards. You're going to see how hard it is to hit that uh, terrifying 11 when you're at negative steel willpower. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Oh, God. That <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. That's when I decided. So it's kind of funny, right? And this is, this is just kind of a general tip for people. So there are bad combos like that in the game. And I'm sure, Nathan, since you play all that nonsense with Lucius, mm -hmm. like I said, you recognize when a player's like, oh, crap, this is a terrible position to be in. So yeah. there was a point in that game with Brandon where I was like, okay, I could sit here and keep pounding on like these stupid minions, but instead I'm going to take the dead rider and ride with me. My models past all this nonsense and just go do something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, as a reminder, I lost a game in the Lone Star Foe down to Travis because Travis refused to fight me. Yeah. Just like and there's times where I kill like, like, go past this nonsense. It's not, dude, I it. killed 40 points of models. He killed 10. <laughs> and I lost that game by two points. I was like, how? How? <laughs> it's nothing alive. <laughs> Look, I, I respect a, a non-killing win list so much. It's it's something I really appreciate. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that if you find yourself in that situation where it's like, I'm hitting stuff and it's not doing anything, and you're playing against something like, you know, a Lucius, or you're playing something like, you know, a Seamus, where you're just kind of hitting stuff and nothing's happening. You're just wasting mm -hmm. AP. 
most of the time, yeah. just get out of there. Like it can be that's tough, what, but just get out of there. When we the say hardest, the turtle, that's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, not yes. just tilt and just swing for swings. Yeah, when we say dirtle, that's what we mean dirtling. It's like, yeah, you're doing things, but those are worthless things. Yeah. That's dirtling. Yeah, and it, it was the same thing in, in Houston when I was playing against uh I was actually playing against the other Nathan. Um, but he uh he had Maw 2 and he just catapulted Maw 2 into my Sand Deep crew. And for a second I kind of started fighting and then Scamper happened and I was like, Oh yeah, this is why I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> And then I just, I started just teleporting and shoving my crew and I'm like, Ma can just sit back here. It's like, I don't care. I'm going. Yeah. So definitely yeah, an important I, lesson. Jim's taught me that lesson with, with Ma too before. So yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have very specific tech, it, it, most of the time it just isn't worth it. Um, and I've learned that a lot with Dixon because Dixon plays that style where he's like, I'm just, it's actually a little different because he throws it into your face and is like, deal mm -hmm. with this problem. And most of the time it's like, or I could just not. And that's why, I, <laughs> and that's why I like Sandeep because most of the Dixon's problems that he sends me, I just toss it 10 inches away with Banasuva. So that was always fun. I, I will not like that was tossing I Hinamatsu. <laughs> yeah. I played Lucius too against him in the low star. I don't know if you heard this story, but it was funny because like, he literally tossed Sinamatsu twice in the same That's game. Great. Made her completely worthless. It's like, well, I, I guess. She took no damage. was like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> I was playing some Nelly 2 the other day, and I put um, Bo Peep. Uh, it was 16 inches back into his own deployment zone while slow. I heard. On one false reality. And it was just like, oh, this is so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, representing the guild well there, Nathan. I mean, are you finding them pretty well here in uh, GG4? Um, I liked them more in GG3. I like Lucius a lot in GG4, and I haven't found anyone else that I truly jam with. Um, as I said, I tried to do Sonya. That was a disaster. <laughs> um, Nelly, I'm starting to get my reps in and feeling all right in it, but it's a completely different game than playing Nelly in GG3. Yeah, I, um, I actually think I her think title might have a lot of play in this GG. Her title's pretty interesting. It can, but it just... So, you know, we talked. you talked about having the um, schemer killer models yeah. that can hunt stuff down. She hates that. Because <laughs> um, you teleport, like, you teleport someone out there, and if they can chase them down and kill them, oh, yeah. it really, she does struggle. So yeah. The newsies don't I, last very long. You have to figure out what, yeah, you have to figure out what to do in the alternative in that situation. And I haven't figured that out yet. So I don't think Nelly's as good into the builds that are good in GG4 um, as a whole, but I think she could still have play because she can do it. I think Dashiell's going to do well with both. I, I, think, I think Dashiell should see a ton more play. Like if you're a guild player and you're like, man, I want to, you know, try something that I think a lot of people aren't trying, but it's going to be really good. I think it's, t I think it's um, Dashiell. I think his original, oh. and if you get something where it's like, ooh, this might be bad for Dashel one, then just slam Bashel down and just kill things. So mm -hmm. in the in that link that I sent in the chat, uh, the three are Nelly one, Lucius two, and Dashel one nice. as the highest win rate. Dashel one is so good, and if you don't think he's good, you're just wrong. Like yeah. if you're a guild player, you should be playing Dashel at least some. He's just good. He is. He's solid. Summoners are back. They're not like OP, Summoners are back, but baby. they're back. Yeah, they are back. So I, I just, 
I, I know that their their guild is struggling lately uh, in a general sense. They're the worst faction in the game right now, technically, by 42%. But I think it's just the player base. I don't know what's happening. You know, the player base it's is the I, I, So, no I, no, I do have to argue against this because this is one of the things that drives me crazy about <laughs> the game in general. When Neverborn was at like 42%, everyone was like, oh, those poor Neverborn, we need to buff them. Yeah. And guild gets to 42%. It's like, oh, those players... <laughs> Well, I said the player base is struggling, not because like, the no, faction I want better is models. struggling. I don't think it's the faction struggling. Oh, oh okay, so I, I guess it's a language thing. I don't mean the faction needs a buff. I mean the players need to adjust. I, that's, I hear you exactly, and I'm saying that's what I, that's what I say no. Nathan's Absolutely. like, no, buff them. Uh, <laughs> give those buffs to those guild players. Um, like, I'll say, yes, there's stuff in guild that you can do well with. That was true for Neverborn last edition or in GG3. That was true for that's always true in this game. The game is not yeah. that spread out, but for guild players to be able to play in the same kind of spread out as other factions, they are going and and be competitive. They would need a buff. Uh, I do want to ask you one uh, title that I think I'm interested in, and I think it would do well in this GG. Have you given any look to the Tall Silent title? Yeah, I played a fair amount of him in Nova, actually. Seems pretty good. I like him. I like him. He's going to struggle. Here's here's the problem, is that it's almost that same problem we just talked about. His best killers at this point are the Hexbows, mm, which have okay. strengths and weaknesses. They're But they're easy. They're not very tough. So if you have schemer killers, you know, they're going to... Now that we're goes out, and you don't have much kill. Now that we're talking about it, running because you're talking about like guild maybe needing you know a couple of just good models, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Does guild have a lot of great schemer beaters? I'm not really thinking of a ton off the top of my head. Uh, the horses, undercover reporter. Um, honestly, the hexbows fit into that category for me. Um, they don't. They don't scheme. In that location, though, they kill from range. That's they the kill from range, issue. and they pick up scheme markers. That's yeah. that's good enough for me. They're not <laughs> they're not scheming. They're picking but, up. Markers. You know, a model yeah. that can like you know walk, leap, you know, attack, or maybe pitch a card to get a free attack. Like I'm trying to think, but those are expensive, dude. Like, and you don't. Yeah. I don't think you want the lone marshal to scheme a lot, right? I I think you want to shoot. The I don't. Gun. Want, I don't want my lone marshal dropping scheme markers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I don't disagree great. with you guys. I'm just saying those are the only choices. They're not they they're not spoiled for choice. When we were talking about the Peter schemers in that episode, I specifically said they don't have many options. Yeah, it's just going to be the horses. I think honestly, you might see a resurgence of Lee J One. We a did schemer for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she's losing at 43 percent win rate with 52 games. Like she's like the second highest played. Just play Lady J. Uh, play Lady J One with the good stuff. I wish I, I I honestly I believe it's just that the players just haven't adjusted. I, I I'm not saying that Nathan is wrong because I think no, he I is think, right. I think there is. This is the fact is this is a harder GG for us than GG three. No okay. question. It okay. doesn't play to our strength the same way. You have you have to have action efficiency, and we often don't see. But that's why I like Dashel one though. Because mm-hmm. you have the riders, you have ways to move models. You're drawing some cards. Um, the executioners can become very mobile. They're good at picking up ski markers. Um, I, I think 
Honestly, if I was going to look at like how to play in guild in this GG, I think Dashel one has a ton of answers into it. Yeah, I think if if I wasn't like, and I do try to bring like just one or two masters to yeah. the event. Yeah, that's smart. I just don't have that much wavelength in my head. Um, Dashel would, if it wasn't Lucius, I'd be trying Dashel. I think. There you go. Somebody take up that gauntlet and don't make me do it because I'll do it. <laughs> do it. I'm play, playing Dashel. We played Pete. We played. You played against Dash. My Dashel before. Is that is that you when we pretty did, new. is that when we did the online league like during yeah. COVID and I just yeah. I think you yeah, just evaporated right everything I love. Yeah, and I it, that was pre Dashel buff, I think though. Yeah, it was. But it was still it was, it was a, but like that was one, and I wanted to apologize because it clearly bothered you more than I than I realized it didn't. Really because play. I still mention it on the podcast to this day. Yeah. <laughs> But this, I didn't want to apologize this, for that because I think we just had very different expectations about what this that is when was. I was like, I'm, go, I'm going to play my Hamlin. I'm a new player. And then here comes Nathan. Uh, oh, you're playing. And this remember, this is before <laughs> like you you didn't have to tell you were doing like a double master. So Nathan just slams Sonya on the table. And I'm just like, oh, what did Sonya do? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. It was it was a grim one. Really Clubbing seals over here in my, uh, you know, I was surprised that I still played Malifaux after that game. <laughs> oh no! Well, I'm glad you stuck around, <laughs> bro. That is so funny. It, it was. Oh. It was. I mean, in retrospect, it was funny. Afterwards, I was just like, "Well, I guess I got some work to do to get better at this yeah. game." <laughs> well, this is the thing about stories. Like, yeah. I, I say stories that are self-deprecating all the time because they're funny now. But at the time, I was so furious. Hey, you don't need to apologize <laughs> for that. It was pretty funny, but I was yeah. salty about it for a bit. It was okay. I can't believe so. I don't think, Dixon, I don't think we ever ran into each other to play a game. It's so weird to me that you were in Northern Virginia and I ne we never played. Oh, yeah. You did I, I, Exactly. Like, I play at Huzzah regularly, so... Yeah. Uh, and I think I went there for, like, two tournaments ever, so that's probably why. But, like, yeah. it's so wild to me that we never ran into each other. Yeah, I... I well, I played in, in GG1... Uh, GG1, look at me. Uh, in the first version of Malifaux, like, all over the U.S. We, oh, we wow. went to Yeah, I won the first Adepticon. I got second at Gen Con twice. Like, it was just, like, you know, regularly mm -hmm. uh, played. But then I took, like, a sabbatical for a while. And then, you know, came back to GG, uh, came back to 3E. And in 3E, there's a lot of sharks. Like, a lot <laughs> of sharks. So, yeah, no, the quality of player has been, like, like I just... I shouldn't have taken a, a, a break, let me put it that way, for like five years. <laughs> I mean, you were playing a lot of Guild Ball in that break, though. I did, and I did love Guild Ball. Uh, just, it, it, the prison style, I hate it. I just hate, you know, when you can't, like, play the game anymore. So that's yeah. why so I stopped playing. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's kind of a good spot to uh, to hold it up there, Nathan. I don't I don't know if there's something you want to plug yeah. or something you want to shout out real quick before we roll up out of here. Uh, yeah, we got so um, I'm not running the Richmond Fopen this year, but someone else is. It's going to be a two day GT in um, the first weekend of May in Richmond. Mm -hmm. um, come check it out. It's actually outside it's, last year it was in like in the city of richmond this year it's at the state fairgrounds right outside of richmond nice. so it's free parking you don't have to get a hotel right there you can get a hotel nearby and drive and drive in 
Um, if you're going and you want to get a hotel, but you only get like a rental car or something, give me a call. I'll be, I'll be driving in and I can pick up people. Um, but I'd like to see people there. It'll be a good time. It'll be a GT. And I think uh, Henchman Hardcore the Friday night. I won't be there for that, but it'll be a good event. Cool. Yeah. And that's one I got my eye on. And once uh, teenager issues resolve themselves, then I hope to travel more. So it's not going to be this year, but I'm hoping next year, maybe mm-hmm. the wife and I can awesome. do a road trip or something. But soon got to try. It's a good place to get your feet wet on GTs that mm-hmm. aren't like the best players in the country. Cause the fact is it doesn't get a lot of people traveling for it. Like we got Joel and Joe and Maeve traveling for it last year. Um, and, um, oh, what is his name? Uh, I feel bad. I didn't know gentlemen. I forgot his name, but, and John from, uh, from Georgia. Nice. But it wasn't like a lot of the sharks and stuff. So it's good. It's a good chance to play a five day event and not, um, and not feel like, you mean, oh my you God. Mean a, you mean a five-round event, oh, not yeah. five-day event? <laughs> oh, yeah, five-round, yeah. Five-day event is my dream, but it hasn't happened yet. That'd be nuts. My brain would be, like, after, yeah. after, after like, Captain Con, <laughs> I was just like, I don't even want to think about Malifaux. And I didn't. And now I'm... Four days of Nova was rough. I've done it twice now, and it's, that's a lot. All I know is, all listen, I'm going to leave it here. I've been playing Rezzers. And I don't know if this is the internet's, you know, way to try to get me out of playing Rezzers, but if if I don't start hearing some dashel nonsense being played, I'm gonna play him again. So somebody Please needs and to thank you. Dixon's like, yeah, if I don't have to play Molly ever again, that would be great. Please well, and thank you. Around, <laughs> it's big, and the, and that's gonna make it for it. So. Maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna play Molly enough to, you know, maybe get her nerfed, and then I'll just move to something else. And the Rezzer players would be like, dang you, Pete. I mean, Perfect. if you play Dashel, then I won't play Tall or, you know, Lady Lady J2 or Lucius in the red. I just, you know, you won't see that. You know me, Dixon. <laughs> I had so much fun playing Dashel. It was so good. So good. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. I want to thank everybody for, uh, for tuning on in. But until next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards and flipping tables. And we'll see you all later.